0: coworkers, welcome to Ordinary Unicorns, a work-life podcast with Ben and David where we go, where we get together to talk about all things related to jobs and work culture. So David, this is our first episode doing this. Um, what's new with you? Yeah, man. Episode one, this feels like the, the phantom menace of our uh, episodes that are going to be rolling out here. Uh, so I, I'm feeling pretty hyped, you know, just like phantom menace. Uh, everybody hated the first one but then after a lot more episodes came out i feel like everybody started to love it again right so yeah i mean so you're saying by episode five we're gonna be like great episode six okay episode seven real crappy and just get worse and worse is that what we're saying something like that whenever we introduce the new characters everybody's gonna love episode one okay as long as we get a couple spin-off podcasts and a couple like uh, other things i think we're good to go on that what is the worst star wars movie that, you, that has ever come out in europe uh rogue one was the best yeah. same i thought you were gonna say it's the worst that one was phenomenal followed by the empire strikes back of course uh this new obi-wan tv show is pretty damn terrible so far <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you're watching it, uh, but I'm going to put that as my number one worst right now because there was a chase scene where a grown man couldn't catch like an eight-year-old girl. And I'm like, this is absurd. I can outrun any eight-year-old girl in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. Uh, What's new with you, Ben? Uh, Just finished Stranger Things. Uh, I also just started testosterone, so my balls are shrink a little bit. But other than that, you know, nothing new. So. <laughs> Classic thing, stranger things and your balls are shrinking. Yeah, regular old bed stuff. Oh, well, uh, Jumping in today, uh, really excited for a lot of the stuff that we're going to go through. Um, first, we're going to jump in and we're going to go through uninformed opinions where we review some uh, news articles of the day and give our uninformed opinions. Uh, we're also going to jump into our main topic, which is LinkedIn influencers. And then we're going to round it out with a question today uh, found on Reddit um, about return to office at Tesla. So uh, jumping in, Ben, I want your uninformed opinion. So I was perusing LinkedIn News, and I came across an article titled, Will the Four-Day Work Week Solve Labor Crisis? So let me read you the, the headline here. It says could a four day work week be the secret to employee retention in an increasingly tight labor market as the US sees companies scramble to fill roles and flexible work becomes increasingly sought after some companies say that four day work week to help them to keep staff so question for you Ben. would you ever see the four day work week as being a competitive advantage in you wanting to take a job 100% uh, so in fact, the former CEO of the company I currently work for started a new company. And one of the first things he did was institute a four-day work week. Uh, now, he's not hiring, I know, because I've looked. Um, but he, he was able to take away a few like people from the company with that benefit. So mm-hmm. I think that if you have really skilled people, and you're giving them the option where, hey, you get three days off guaranteed every week. Yeah, I think you're going to get a lot of, I think the competitive advantage is getting the right skilled people. So a follow up to that then, what though would be like the number one perk that you would look for when you're looking for a job? Like, Would you value a four day work week above like the salary or how would you think about that? Oh no, salary. So that it's It's the number one most important thing. And and I think truly uh, people talk about work-life balance. No, you pay me enough money. I will shovel shit for a thousand hours a week. Uh, I don't know if there's that many, that many hours in a week, but I will literally do it all day, every day because work is not my life. And I want a salary that allows me to live the life I want to live. So, yeah, I mean, that being said, like, obviously I obviously, how you can't do it 24 hours. I still need some balance. But if it's like five days on, two days off, regular work, yeah, cool. I'll work overtime on those five days. Yeah, I I agree with you. Like, I think I would take a 5% pay decrease if I were able to work one less day per week. But anything more than that, I feel like I'd be like, no, give me the money and I think the salary would be more important. Yeah, yeah. It, obviously there's some thing right especially if you do plan on doing like side hustles or starting your own thing having that additional day off gives you a, a significant amount of free time to do a lot of those things and yeah. anyone who is a father or a homeowner knows you cannot get everything done in two days in a week like all of the honey-do list and being with your kids and all that stuff. so an extra day would be nice but i'm not taking a 20 percent Pay cut to cut one day out. Sorry. No. Yeah. Uh, so I got one for you, also through LinkedIn News. Um it's called Signs of Even Tighter Purse Strings. Uh on the heels of May's retail sales slowdown. Data suggests there are more signs Americans are cutting back. People are beginning to tap the brakes on travel, eating out and services for the Washington Post. Uh, U.S. flight bookings took a 2.3% hit in May compared to the previous month based on Adobe Analytics. Travel and restaurant spending, which had been up more than 30% compared to last year, has slowed by half. And the spending pullback is now concentrated in services instead of goods based on some credit card data. So, David, I guess the question is how much of this do you see is due to the inflation uh, like, maybe it's gas prices. What do you think the main reasons are why we're seeing such a huge decrease in spending? Yeah, I, I feel like it's a combination. Like, for sure, there's been inflation increases in prices that have gone up. But I also it's just think it's like widespread fear. Like, everything you read the news nowadays is like, is a recession coming? When will the recession be here? Is there a recession? And so I think because of that, consumers and all of us are just acting a little bit more scared. And so we're kind of stopping some of those discretionary purchases. We're not going out to eat as much because we don't know if a recession is coming. So it's it's almost to me more like the media has kind of created this pullback just by all the talk of recessions. OK, so a follow up. Ben, do you foresee this going in like the end of next year? Like, do you foresee a recession coming because the media is making this happen? Like, are we putting the cart before the horse here? Is that the saying? Uh, hey. <laughs> Yeah to extent I do think that until the federal reserve stops increasing interest rates we'll kind of be in this similar environment because if the fed stops increasing interest rates then i think that will be the pause that you know all of us will look at it and say okay this is the quote unquote bottom and then we'll start to to spend more i think you heard it from him folks Uh, So sliding over into our main topic, which uh, we were really excited today to talk about LinkedIn influencers. You have all seen it. When you log into LinkedIn, there's that one person that's your connection that posts three times a week. They post polls, they put emojis all over the place, uh, and their resume looks ridiculous online. Uh, We wanted to uh, poke fun a little bit at these people, but then also ask some uh, thought-provoking questions here. So uh, I was scrolling through LinkedIn and found some pretty funny uh, posts. Uh, I wanted to read you this one that I, I saw on LinkedIn. So uh, an unnamed gentleman posts on his LinkedIn. He said, I just spent my lunch with a homeless man. I bought him coffee and we had a lovely long chat. Then I invited him to a local meditation class, which I said would, I would pay for whenever he wants to attend. People have helped me get to where I am, so I always try to help others. Heart emoji. I don't want or need the recognition for what I did. And try to often uh, and try do often. But I would be truly grateful if you made an effort next time you pass someone who could do with your help. Remember, the secret to living is giving. So this to me is the most ridiculous thing to post on LinkedIn because the person said, I don't want or need recognition. But here they are posting it on LinkedIn. But here it is. Yeah. (laughs) Also, what recognition does he deserve? He gave the guy a cup of bean water. That's literally all he offered him, was a cup of coffee and like, oh, you can come to some meditation class. If this guy is homeless, he's probably meditating a lot, because he ain't got nothing else to do. Right. Right. Um, It's like, yeah, but they're trying to solve his problem by inviting him to a meditation class? I mean, come on. Yeah, and, and and if the guy is homeless, a cup of coffee, that's if you're at like a 7-Eleven, that's literally like 67 cents or something stupid like that. So it's not like this guy bought him a meal. He bought him a cup of coffee. It's going to last him a whole five minutes. Yeah. Also, how long was that lovely long chat? What's the over under? Five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a chat meaning we, we exchange words. He asked me for money and I bought him a cup of coffee yeah um okay so i got one uh it's kind of similar uh it's by a vp of marketing at a as he puts it a world-class marketing agency um happiness and life hack right that's like capital letters super big learn how to find joy in doing sneaky kind things for other people without anybody ever knowing about it There are a few people I've met in my life who go all out for other people and they're really hard (laughs) to catch in the act. And they're the happiest people I know. Hashtag culture, hashtag service, hashtag people, hashtag happiness. So this is basically a follow-up to that same guy where he's just saying like, be that guy. So I like this more, but I hate that it says happiness and life hack. Because I bet you, go ahead. Like, supposes this, this guy is, has happiness figured out from his LinkedIn posts. Yeah, like, I wanna be like, bro, you wanna make your employees happier if you're the VP? Pay them more. Right. <laughs> happiness and life hack make enough money where you can be comfortable saying stupid stuff like this. Right. But, like, so one of the things that gets me about these LinkedIn influencers, like, let's say, like, this one you just wrote, this VP, like, he is your boss. <laughs> How does it make you feel like if you reported to him and he he posted this kind of crap on LinkedIn, well, is he a visionary or a like a thought leader or a motivational speaker or like rockets? Like does he have that in his bio? Because if he has that, that to me gives him all of the credit he wants. He can now do <laughs> things. Uh, but in all reality, if this is, you have to know the person, I guess. And if he really is like a great person and is motivational, maybe it's okay. In a marketing world, it's probably okay. Like his job is to market himself and this is a good job of doing it. But like if you're not working for marketing and your job is in accounting and this is what you're doing, get out of here. <laughs> you do not need to be spending time on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah, it's interesting because you said like it depends on how you know him and like what their style is, like if it's genuine or not. But let's flip it around. What if you were hiring and this guy is interviewing for a role that you're hiring for and you go and look at his LinkedIn profile and all of his posts look like this. As a hiring manager, would you see that as a green flag that he's active on LinkedIn or a red flag that it just seems disingenuous? It's probably more towards the latter being the red flag. I mean, it's hard to say that that should be red flag. I work in marketing. So this man has done a great job of marketing himself potentially. If he has a huge following, but at the same time, what is the overall goal of becoming a LinkedIn influencer? Like, are they doing it to get a better job? Like, am I just a stepping stone or are they, is there a way to make money on sponsored posts, like on Instagram? Like, do you know why people do this? It's crazy, but you're right. Like on Instagram, if someone is posting like a picture of them with a skincare product, I get it. They're selling a skincare product and it's clear to me, but these LinkedIn people, like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, what are they selling? Or, are they getting some kind of monetary reward from these posts? Do they get paid by LinkedIn for all their influencing that they do? Is their goal to get you to follow them on other items? Like, are they pushing their is Patreon or about the new, like, follow me for life advice? Maybe it's OnlyFans. We don't know. But it, it could be like, maybe some of these people are like authors, and that could be a little bit more of like a business sense where they're trying to push people to purchase their books that I still don't see like a huge end game and even more than that I feel like there's a lot of company risk if you were to post a ton like if you work for PepsiCo say and but you're all over LinkedIn posting ridiculous stuff wouldn't PepsiCo get upset with you so I just feel like the risk reward is not there as well yeah so I guess what do you think is appropriate then? With that being said, like if you work for Pepsi, you're not gonna post a photo of you drinking Coke or doing Coke. <laughs> <laughs> so what yeah. posts are appropriate? Yeah, I'll start making a list. I think firstly, anytime you are like have lost your job or you're looking for a job, like boom, LinkedIn is the perfect perfect place to talk about it. Hashtag layoff. Yeah. Hashtag hiring. Um, The other one I see is if your company has like a big product rollout or something and you want to repost an article to share it to your network, totally fine. I think if you're posting about, you know, general industry articles that impact you or you're announcing you're attending a certain conference, as long as it fits within that like corporate mold of like things you would discuss with Coworker strangers around the water cooler, then I feel like it's absolutely fine to post there. But okay, jumping so into a, the, Yeah, I was, I was gonna, gonna say, say like, what about like your aunt's funeral? Yeah. I think put that on Facebook. I don't think that needs to be on LinkedIn. <laughs> but like even more than that, you know, we just had Father's Day. What what do you think, Ben, about posting a, a Father's Day post with a picture of you and your child? Is is that good for LinkedIn? so I saw this one father's day post and I should have known when I had to click on it and it got super long that it probably wasn't worth reading. Uh, But it talked about this man whose father left him when he was a child uh, and how his mom remarried. And then a few months after or a few years after they remarried, his mother died So now this stepfather was left to raising the kids. And it was a heartfelt post that talked about how anyone can be a father, but only so many people can be a dad. And and I wanted to yeah, like, "Eh, you probably should have said the other way around since it's Father's Day, not Dad's Day. Mm -hmm. So I was getting critical. But at the same time, it was a very sappy, nice post. But when I was done reading it, I did not think this really made my career better. Or this taught me something about something else. I thought, what the hell is that doing on LinkedIn? I don't know you. I don't need to know the super emotional moment in your life. And how did that affect you in your career? Like that to me, like, no, that's inappropriate. It's not, I don't want to say it's inappropriate. It's not like tits and ass on linkedin and i think that's where we're headed uh that's the next step but right now like this is how you get to that is by introducing these small things and all of a sudden now grandma's naked and i I don't, i don't want to see grandma naked on my linkedin yeah i think on all social media platforms there's this push for vulnerability where it's like, hey, if you want to get a following, you need to be vulnerable. So, like on the one hand, this post that you saw, like I think that's what the guy is trying to do, but it's more like, what's the right context? Because, you know, the same way, like if I'm in the workplace, I wouldn't walk up to the water cooler and the first person that talks to me be like, oh yeah, my grandma died last weekend, because, you know, you're not being vulnerable, you're oversharing. So I think that's like the trade-off. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you want to be like genuine. And vulnerable, but you don't want to overshare. And I think in this post, like that guy was just oversharing for the sake of like trying to get an audience almost. Yeah, and like I said, it was very heartfelt. I cool. felt the emotion, but I did not feel that it was appropriate for LinkedIn. And so I'll just leave it at that. Um yeah. so I guess it's probably time for us to get into the next section here, David. Um, Yeah. So sliding over, uh, we have a question that we're going to answer from Reddit. Um, This is in the subreddit of career questions. Um, This is a pretty interesting one about Tesla. So let let me ask this one to you, Ben. So Elon Musk just emailed everyone at the company, you are expected to spend 40 hours in the office. If you don't show up, we will consider that you have resigned. So Tesla expanded massively during COVID, and now half of all the dev teams, including myself, don't have a parking space or a desk. It's physically impossible for everyone to return to the office. Should I ignore that email, or should I drive to the office and sit in under the stairs? What's your hot take, then? Should this person ignore the email from Elon Musk, or drive to the office and sit under the stairs? So... Let me preface this by saying I do not like Elon Musk. (laughs) I think he's a talker. I think he has taken more people's ideas that are not his own. Sure, he's made some of them better. Um, I think he is a cryptocurrency manipulator, like a market manipulator. Um, And the fact that he's losing billions right now on Bitcoin does make me a little happy in that sense. Um, but I think he's also done a lot of good things, too. like opening up the source of you know the technology for his cars to get more people out there. That's very cool. He like he believes in space. That's cool. Uh, but I would absolutely go to the office and then make it seem so dumb that someone demanded us, and now we're all standing here and cannot work because we do not have a space to work. And then be like, look at what you did, you big buffoon. Now no one's able to work because we don't have any space. So go ahead and send us all home. And I do not trust him to not fire me. Yeah. yeah. I think if anything, Elon Musk is a smart guy. This to me is a game of chicken. I think what he's doing is he is saying to everybody, hey, you gotta go to the office. And because some people don't want to go to the office, they'll quit and he doesn't have to pay them a severance. So I actually think it's smart on his side. He's playing this game of chicken. People are going to blink first and he's not going to have to pay them to leave the company. So it's like, it's almost like they're solving the problem for him. So if I were this person, I would say like, stay in the game of chicken, show up at the office. And like you said, Ben, like make him look like a buffoon if there's not enough desks for everyone. Yeah, you're probably right. I never even thought about the game of chicken because they have lost so much money. They're probably due for layoffs, just like so many companies are right now with uh, shrinkflation and inflation that's going on. Like, they're probably due for some layoffs because, like, they literally have lost, I don't know how much money on Bitcoin, but I think I read somewhere it was like over a couple billion dollars at one point. Um, So, yeah, they're probably due for some layoffs. And he probably is trying to get people to quit. This is not the first time he said something about work. He basically said something like if you're going to work from home, you cannot not work uh, – or like you can fake work in the – I forgot what it was. But it's like you can just go fake work for someone else at home I think is what it was. And like he, he's a funny dude. Yeah. Um, and, and he probably will get a lot of people to quit because of this. So it's a good move. Yeah. You're right man. All right, We're wrapping up, Ben. Uh, let's go for the takeaways. What was your takeaway from today's episode? Uh, I think you said Elon Musk is a chicken. I kind of like that. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I guess my biggest takeaway is there's a fine line between sharing and oversharing as a LinkedIn influencer. It's a very toxic place that if you don't spend your time wisely, you're probably going to get sucked into it as well. Uh, so what's your takeaway, David? Yeah, mine is the return to office chicken game. I think, if anything, we found that is companies will act in companies' best interest. And I don't oh. think Elon Musk is impulsive. I think he's just acting in his best interest. So companies are going to be companies. That's well, a good point. He runs a pretty strong company. Thank you like for tuning in today for our first episodes. Um, if you have any questions you want answered on the show, please hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at Ordinary Unicorns Podcast. Um, you can also listen to us on all of the podcast streaming apps, and then we are uploading these videos to YouTube as well. Thanks, everyone. Peace out, y'all.